2: Hey, folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we are happy that you have joined us today for part two of our two-part series with Mike Pacquion. If you caught last week's episode, then I'm sure you have been anxiously awaiting part two. Mike Pacquiao is a renowned speaking coach, and in these two episodes, part one and part two, Ian and Mike have been talking about communicating and public speaking as it relates to your number, how you can become a better communicator, a better speaker, what are some of the pitfalls of your number, and what are some of the strengths. So today, Mike and Ian will be illuminating the path to better public speaking, better communication. So I trust you all will enjoy this show. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ian Morgan Cron, and you can also follow us at Typology Podcast, that's at T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Hey, that's it for me, Anthony Skinner. Let's join part two in progress with Mike Pacquiao and our host, Ian Cron.
0: Now remember, everybody, as we do this, we're talking about the mostly some of the you know the pitfalls that each type potentially faces in in public speaking. So don't don't feel like we're pounding on you here, you know. Right. Uh, because every type that we've discussed, when they're in a healthy, self aware place, they're unbelievable. Right. Right. One's you know Gandhi did a pretty good job. There's a famous speech of Gandhi that everybody <laughs> should listen to. I can't remember the name of it now, but you could go online. In fact, look up Gandhi's most famous speech, and there's a one. Right. Mm. Uh, de- delivering a, 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 an amazing spin. we could go through a list of people. Sure, right? yeah. Um, that you know, when they're in a good space, man, they, they're incredible communicators. Um, but I think what we're really highlighting is here for our for folks who are listening is okay. Here's what you got to watch for: the mm-hmm. possibilities yeah. of it going dark on you right. in this year. Okay, let's talk about fours because they are the best <laughs> humans on the enneagram. These fours, right? They're the romantics. Uh, they their talk style is lament. Um, which is, uh, kind of is our ability to be very comfortable and sometimes drawn to talking about sad stories, about sad, dark topics, you know, uh, and, but our strengths are, we, we, we do have a unique take on the world. Uh, we are, we have a dramatic flair, which is not a hurt, doesn't hurt you up front. Right. Um, and we are very attuned and sensitive to what's happening in a room. And we're very comfortable uh, about m- moving people into emotionally mm-hmm. uh, powerful spaces. Right. Right. Yep. Now, what are some of the pitfalls for a four, buddy?
1: Man, I was just going to let you keep going there. Uh, <laughs> Ian, what was the New Year's Eve? You took your son to see a movie. You told me this story once. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah, my son who's a seven and I I, I took him to see Manchester by the sea. <laughs> uh, oh my word. That was not a good call on my no. part as a parent. That nope. was a that was one of my not <laughs> best moments. Uh,
1: that's the danger of being a four. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> four on stage. Listen, so fours have an opportunity to do something great because a four is generally looking to express themselves creatively. And too many speakers hold back on that. Mm. But when it's done well, audiences love creative expression.
2: Mm.
1: Where it can get tricky and where it can get tricky, especially in a business environment, mm. is when you were choosing the Manchester by the Sea story.
0: Right.
1: That's great if you're talking to some other fours.
0: Yes. Right. Well, That has happened to me. I think I told you the story once where I was uh, at a conference and I just got this inspiration that I should tell the story about how my dog had died recently. And before I got up on the stage, you know, I've been working on the Enneagram for some time, you know, and this was at a big Enneagram conference. And I thought to myself as I was getting up on the stage, you know, Ian. There are probably 10 fours in this room of 1,000 people. (laughs) They will weep, and everyone else will think you need a lot of medical attention. They are going to need—they're going to be like, you know, scrolling through their contacts looking for the name of their therapist to give to you at the end of this talk. Because now, this also raises a really good point that every speaker, every presenter on the Enneagram should keep in mind, which is keep in mind that not everybody in this room is your type. Right.
1: It's like you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You've got to keep that in mind mm-hmm. that not everybody sees the world the way that you do or relates to the world or to information the mm-hmm. way that you do. Mm-hmm. You can't get everybody, but you want to get that net as big as you can. So, you know, don't just speak to the audience of you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your type,
0: yeah. right? That's yeah. really, I, I, I think that's a really, really strong thing. And I, I do think that fours have to be careful because they're so comfortable in those kind of dark spaces. And the emotions that can get aroused in sort of the sad story space that they lose a lot of people in the room, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they lose yeah. a lot of people. Vulnerability,
1: in the room. vulnerability can be really good and that comes naturally to you for us. Yes. Uh, but if it goes too far. Yeah.
0: It gets too intense. Yeah, right. Yeah. It just gets too intense. Uh, we've, I mean, how many times have any of all of us been in a room listening to a speaker who did too, like, you know, oh, committed the crime far. of overshare. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. they went too deep too fast yeah and uh, the audience you know all the fives in the room ran for the doors you know it was like too much information the the ones are, you know, it's like no you got to be respectful and yeah. and and um, aware uh, of when you're over relying on your gift. And, and maybe that's part of what we're saying here. Twos don't yeah. over rely on your this on, your, on yeah. the gift of of, of, of love. Don't over, ones don't over rely on on your your need to be right or to be good. You know. So in other words, it's it's just all about awareness. Okay, moving on to fives. Yeah. Fives. Oh, now you and I had a conversation about fives once, right? These are the observers or the investigators. Their speaking style, we say, is dissertation because sometimes when they speak, yeah. you feel like they're delivering kind of an academic paper uh, to the room. You were in London, I think, or somewhere speaking to a room that you were sure, I think they might have been coders or something, and oh, the yeah, whole yeah. room was full of fives, right? <laughs> wow. And you were like, oh, man. And I don't remember, were you teaching them speaking skills, like presentation yeah, yeah, skills?
1: Yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are not easy days. Oh, man. I At one point, <clears throat> this is just nobody's participating, right? And they're enjoying the they're enjoying the workshop. It's helpful, but nobody I'm asking questions, just nobody's nobody's getting back to me. So I I decided, decided, let me just see how long it will take for someone to respond. So I asked a question. And it was like a question. They had they had just written an answer to this question. So I'm like, hey, who can tell us? Blah blah blah. And wanted to see how long it would take. Twenty seconds of silence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Twenty. Wow. That's an eternity.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it tough is. It's for
1: most fives. Fives and sixes, I think it is the least natural for... They're good five and six speakers, but I think, it's a, I think it's the least natural for fives and sixes. Uh, fives yes. tend to not like the spotlight. Sorry, I'm doing your bit here. No, t- you're doing five, great. I love it. T- fives tend to not like the spotlight. They'd much rather send a spreadsheet. One of the things that's tricky for fives is there's not a formula that you can plug in where things will automatically compute and the talk, Lance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's not. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a TED Talk I saw years ago. I can't remember the speaker's name, but it's the name of the talk is Talk Nerdy to me. And she, she does a great job of her whole point is, you know, tell stories and connect on an emotional level. I never read the comments for stuff. But for some reason, I did on that talk. And there are all these engineers underneath. At one point, she put a formula that was like, divide your... Facts by your stories. Like It's not meant to be a real formula, but you read the comments and there are all these probably number fives who are like, well, that doesn't compute. Mm. If you did that division that you would get X, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they took her seriously.
0: Right. Well, so there's a TED talk out there by um, uh, a psychologist. Uh, and it's actually I really I happen to, to really, really love this talk. Uh, his name is Brian Little. He teaches at, at Cambridge. And the name of the talk is, Who Are You Really? The Puzzle of Personality. And he's a five, pretty mm. clearly to me, I think. I mean, I am guess, again, speculating, a little humility here. But I think he's a five. And it, he is masterful. He's very calm, very well thought out. Uh, and he tells funny stories. Because fives can be very funny. They can be wry and understated yeah. in, in the things that they say. Um, I think where you know they they can get a little in trouble is they they may be so swept up in the information that they give too much of it to people or get Absolutely. lost in the sort of in the cave of the mind right and Absolutely. and lose contact with the audience right. Uh, but man, great humorists, and um, they can. You know, uh, systematize information well and deliver it well. I think what they need to plug into is is really into the emotional possibilities in the content. Yep. And yeah. and and good storytelling. You know, um, but they're they they can be like every other number really really great at at presenting, but they just have to watch out for those those potential pitfalls um, and and avoid delivering an academic paper, but something that really is alive.
1: Yeah. And let's, I feel like we're dogging on fives a little bit. So let me, let me give some tips to fives here. Okay. That's okay. I was talking to John Collins about this. I know you had him on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. John is the best storyteller I know. He's a five. Hmm. He's like fives can practice what he calls intellectual empathy, which is to say imagining what it feels like to not understand something yet. And if you start from that vantage point and walk your audience through that way, mm. that's going to be a lot more successful than what most fives do. Fives have a tendency to speak matter-of-factly as if everyone in the audience had just done the same like 6 months exposition of Hegel that they just did. Right. <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> I, I had a guy in a workshop once who I asked him what he was working on and he just nonchalantly he was trying to figure out the compa- the capacity of linkedin.com. And he just said it as if it was like, well, you know, I'm getting an apple. Uh, I think fives lose sight of how important the work that they're doing is and how important mm. that should be to the audience.
0: Mm. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I think uh, another thing that fives have to make sure that they, they don't do with the information, too, this is an unhealthy five, the a t- trait or tendency, which is to make the audience feel, uh, for lack of a better word, to not put too fine a point on it, but to make the audience feel dumb. Right? Yeah. You uh-huh. have to be careful that you, you don't communicate in such a way that people feel like you're speaking down to them because they don't know as much as you do about the yeah. topic. Right? Yeah. And an unhealthy five will do that to feel more adequate in front of the room. Right. And yep. you, you have to avoid that at all costs. Right. Yep. Right? You, yeah. you want to bring your audience along, not make them feel like you know, right. you're in a, in a very unspoken way, making them feel bad for not knowing as much as you do.
1: The point of the talk is to help the audience. It's not to puff up what you know.
0: Right, right. Very, yeah. very good. Okay, moving on to sixes, okay? All right. So uh, their style, depending on phobic, counterphobic, is either shotgun style, um, or which can be aggressive, you know, a little rebellious, or it can be what's called apologetic, which is tending because of issues around uh, fear and anxiety, is like, well, if I have sort of an apologetic style, I can you know, uh, when the, uh, the room on my side and, and maintain a, you know, a safe space for me, you know what I'm saying? Tell me about sixes and communication.
1: Yeah, I think, I think like fives, it can be tough for sixes. Uh, I think there can be a good amount of self-sabotage, mm. a good amount of feeling like what they're saying won't matter because unless they're presenting to other sixes, other people aren't seeing the risk that they see. Mm. I think there's a tendency to get stuck in their own world. Right. I did a workshop once for the compliance department of a really big company. The compliance people were presenting to the salespeople. I asked the question, why should this matter to the salespeople? Every single person in the room had the same answer so that they can remain compliant. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's right. not why it matters to the salespeople. Uh, six is, I, I think, need to get out of their own world and try to as best they can think like the audience. Mm. And they need to know that their cause matters.
0: Ooh. Mm. Right. So uh, they have to be careful of self-doubt. Yeah. Right? Which is a sixth thing.
1: Totally. Right. I mean, that compliance person has been presenting forever, and they've been saying, so that we'll remain compliant. And they don't really feel like it matters.
0: mm get out of
1: there that does matter
0: that's why really would you have good. that job if it doesn't matter right oh so good so good okay let's move on to sevens again oh, wait
1: can i give one other wait let me give one more thing okay i say this with a little bit of hesitation because you shouldn't try to be funny if you're not funny but there is a lot of humor in the neuroses of sixes
0: mm-hmm. that's right
1: so we talked about this before george costanza larry david like those are some of the funniest things. I wouldn't tell you to get up on stage and say, I'm nervous to give this speech, but <laughs> talking about, talking about things that you're nervous about, whether it's, uh, Oh God, why did they put me on floor 42 of this hotel? I can't believe it. What's going to happen to me tonight? That stuff can be funny. Right. So I uh, consider making that a part of your talk. If it makes sense.
0: All right. This one's going to be probably pretty easy. Type sevens, their communication style. The, these are the people we, we uh, call the enthusiasts. Um, their talk style according to most Enneagram teachers I know, is storytelling. Yeah. That nobody is a better storyteller than a seven. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us about how a seven can optimize and be the best they can be as a public speaker.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think if, if it comes most naturally for threes, sevens are, are close behind mm. public speaking. Uh, energy is one of the top three traits I find myself having to recommend, but never to a seven. They right. already have that in spades. Right. So pretty please, we sure go on top, whatever happens, don't lose that. The trap that they fall into is a lot of times sevens allow their energy to compensate for what they're trying to say. So in other mm. words, sevens can easily entertain the audience, make them feel great for a half hour, but the audience took absolutely nothing from the talk.
0: Mm.
1: So they can turn into they can turn into that Robin Williams character really quickly,
0: right.
1: and that feels great. And you walk out of there like, what? What were they? What were they even talking about? Right. So, <clears throat> I didn't think I'd be talking about Robin Williams as much, but uh, <laughs> try to combine the the stand up version of Robin Williams with the like thoughtful Goodwill Hunting version. Ooh.
0: Mm.
1: Take the time to actually think about what you're saying, mm. and take the time to this is going to be really painful for sevens. Actually, rehearse. Yes. Which which they'll resist because there's no audience in front of them.
0: Right. Yeah, so you, you can't rely on charm.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of saying you know?
0: it. You can't rely yep. on charm. You gotta have content and charm. And if you put them together, it's gonna be fantastic, right?
1: Absolutely. Okay, like, so take the time to do that.
0: Eights, the challengers. Again, yeah. now they got more energy than any other number on the Enneagram. What about what about public speaking for eights?
1: Yeah, bring the energy with you, bring the power with you, but pretty please with sugar on top. Stick to the purpose of the talk.
0: Mm.
1: Not every speech has to be a furious pursuit of justice.
0: Right. Mm. Right,
1: right. Uh, <clears throat> I think that especially if you're a leader you might overpower your audience and especially a lot of a lot of talks have a Q&A at the end and maybe there aren't many questions or people haven't asked challenging questions at the end so you feel like oh cool I did my job everybody gets it they're ready to go mm. maybe or maybe you were really intimidating and nobody wanted to raise their hand and combat you in front of everyone else mm. so If you are a leader, consider, this depends on the type of speaking you're giving, but consider anonymous surveys. Consider asking people direct questions. Most people don't want to invite conflict. And a lot of times I think eights walk out of a presentation thinking, nailed it. We're good. Everybody's ready to roll. And that's not really true.
2: Mm.
0: Wow, that's a great great insight. All right, well, we're going to end up with the Nine, oh, you are a nine. <laughs> <laughs> the peacemakers. Your your talk style is called epic. Sometimes the, it's called conciliatory. I've heard other people call it saga because of the mm. nine's tendency at times to verbally meander, right, uh, <laughs> and go on and on and on. Like so, what do you what do you, what have you learned as nine? What do nines need to know about public speaking?
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> first of all, most nines I know are pretty well liked. Lean into that lean into, also lean into your, as you were preparing the speech, lean into your peacemaker tendencies. I think of it this way, like think about someone else could have a different point of view. Honor that point of view, then counter it. A good phrase for nines to use is you might think we need to do blank, but actually we need to go in another direction.
2: Hmm.
1: And something, so I feel like the superpower for nines is we can pretty easily think of counter arguments and we can think of, uh, how people are going to receive information. We have to do something that can be hard for nines. We have to actually have a point of view. Mm. So take a deep breath.
0: Right. And state but, it.
1: Yeah. State the point of view.
0: Yeah.
1: If, if it's hard for you to do that, here's a quick phrase that's helpful. Is just start a sentence by saying it's important to blank or we need to blank. Right. I know it's hard, but we can get through it together. Uh, Oh man, this is... And one other thing I'll say though, because this has happened to me before, is the point of view needs to continue through the Q&A. So I've (laughs) I've done that before where I turn into, I'm like this great speaker and then someone asks a question and then suddenly I turn into that passive nine who's like, well, you know, but anything's
0: (laughs) okay, really. Right. Yeah, more waffling. You go back to equivocating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, continue to hold your ground, maybe. Right. Right. Hold, continue your, to hold ground. your ground. Yeah. Hold your ground, Mike. This has been fantastic. So good. Right. I mean, I love it too. You know, every single one of the a couple of takeaways for me on this one, and then we will close out. Is this one? You know, know your audience. Don't presume or assume that your audience it's like you experiences the world the way yes. that you do, because you got lots of types probably in that room, right? Lots of types in the room. So always asking yourself, who's my audience? Don't assume that they, you know, process the world and information in life the same way that I do. Right. Uh, The second one is know as you're starting to write a talk. You know, what are what are my strengths? Uh, What are the strengths of my particular type of my Mm -hmm. communication style? What's going to be the downside here? Um, And and what do I have to avoid in order to to stick the landing on, on this presentation. Mm. Right. And uh I and I think thirdly, we mentioned a couple of just the basic little things like make sure you rehearse a talk regardless of your type. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I'll add one last one, and this is a crazy one, but from my experience in in, in speaking for what and it's not as, you know, deep as, as Mike's is. But I think it's important for a speaker, if possible, to love their audience. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To really genuinely um, get in contact or in touch with the mm. their empathy and their concern and their love and the desire to serve their audience. That's good. You know, because that that radiates off a speaker. I am sure. here because I care about you. Yeah. And what I'm going to tell you, which may be wonderful, it may be funny, it also may be very hard. Mm. I'm telling you because I genuinely care about every person in every seat in this room.
1: Mm. Yep. And that takes a lot of the pressure off of you too. Yeah.
0: Right. That's Mike, cute. I've loved this.
1: I have too, Ian. Uh, can I get one last one? Sure. One last thing. This is how I end most of my workshops. A lot of my speeches. I like to tell this story. So I mentioned before, I've been all over the world teaching this stuff, teaching presentations, whether that's speaking slides, the story you're telling, whatever it is, I've been all over the world. Uh, This story takes place in Alaska, which strangely to some people is more exotic than like Switzerland. But there's one client I would go to Alaska for. First time I went was in, I think, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. It was right after Obama had visited Alaska. I think he was the first president who had visited Alaska while in office. I have a couple friends who live up there. One of my friends is a hiking guide, and he—so when you hear that, you know, that conjures up images of— like keen shoes and maybe a walking stick but he does like these nuts hikes brings a rifle with him because he might encounter grizzly bears like that's the level of hike that he does and he'll he'll go out for two three weeks at a time so this is my buddy chris and i start piecing things together after i realize obama had just been there and i'm like wait <clears throat> chris because he he takes people on these crazy hikes on denali i'm like chris did you like were you a part of were, were you one of the people that took President Obama on a hike? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's a total matter-of-fact guy. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you took the president of the United States on a hike? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I did. So after I freaked out for a little bit, I asked Chris. I'm like, well, hold on. Is there something different you have to do when you're taking Barack, Obama, President Barack Obama out for a hike versus Mike Pacquiao and Ian Cron, whoever? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Secret Service briefed him. One of the things they briefed him with is that you cannot catch the president of the United States. In fact, you can't touch him at all. Literally what they told him, if you touch the president, you will be shot. <laughs> True story. So at this point, I always turn to people. I'm like, well, what do, you, what do you think he's supposed to do instead? And nobody ever gets the answer right. People guess, uh, well, you're supposed to move out of the way. No, not that. That lets the president fall. That's not it. What he was actually instructed to do, him and his hiking buddies are instructed to dive on the ground and allow the president to fall on top of him the actual words from the secret service you're a doormat okay so it's the night before chris and his hiking friends are going to take the president of the united states out for a hike do you think that he and his friends are sitting around the apartment just like oh fingers crossed hope i remember tomorrow no what do you think he was doing instead i can tell you They practiced. They literally practiced diving on the ground and having someone fall on top of them. So why am I bringing this up? Because as we've gone through this podcast and really with any improvement you have to make in life, the older you are and the longer you've done things a certain way, the more likely you are to continue doing that forever. If you're a seven, and you're accustomed to just, well, I'll get on stage and I'll ad lib and it'll be okay. People like me, I have a lot of energy. You're just gonna do that for the rest of your life unless you make a change. So on some level, to get better at this stuff, you have to be like Chris and his hiking friends, diving on the ground, letting someone dive on top of you. But here's the great news. Most people will never do this. Most people are the same presenter now that they will be in 10 years. Because most people never try to get better. So as much as I can go through every little thing about public speaking, and you might be sitting there like, I need to get better at this, 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 this. Like, just choose one thing to do better. Because the great news is that the bar for this stuff is really low. And if you can do something to change the way that you present, one of those things that we went through on this podcast to get a little bit better at it and a little bit better and a little bit better, a little bit better. Oh my gosh. Before you know it, you're going to be the person that people around the office are saying, Oh, you need to present like Mike. You need to present like Anthony, like Ian, like Jason, like Kelly, like whoever the name is of the person listening to this podcast. And as I said, most people never, ever try to get better. And you actually can.
0: Mm. How do people find out about you, Mike? So they can hear about your services. They know what you're doing and how they can, you know, get tap into your expertise.
1: Yeah, uh, my site is miktalks.co.co, not .com, .co, miktalks.co. I have a newsletter I send out. I love writing about speeches. I love talking about it. I love helping people. It's my favorite thing in the world, and I have been all over helping people, and I just Mm. love it so much. So, I would love for you to visit the site, and actually, let me sweeten the pot. Uh, I put together a, a public speaking guide for the Enneagram, so different tips on different numbers. A lot of what we talked about on this podcast, and then I'll, I'll throw in some other things as well. So to go there and download that, and that's free, miketalks.co slash Enneagram.
2: Ian, let me spell out the uh, URL just to make sure everybody gets it. Give it, man. That's miketalks.co, that's M-I-K-E-T-A-L-K-S dot C-O forward slash Enneagram to get that free book.
0: Mike, we loved it. Love you guys. All Thanks, right, man. buddy. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. All See right, you. Bye. 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 everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did and learned as much as I did. All of us got to get out there and communicate at some point and we want to lean into our strengths and, and, and avoid the pitfalls of our particular uh, styles. So know your communication style and leverage it for the good. And as always, my good friends, until next time, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken.
2: See ya.